What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. It might be NLCS Preview Week Kalau, and we are Atlanta Zone. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis presented by ourselves. RIP Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Did you mean to say Falcons Preview episode? No. Okay, you want to talk NLCS already, even a month out. Well, I'm not. I said a potential NLCS preview. Oh, I understand what you're saying. Because we're about to play the Dodgers. Gotcha. I thought you were referencing the podcast, um, as in no. we're going to discuss the NLCS. I was like, let's not no. get ahead of ourselves, no. Bo. But uh, no, you're, you're 100 right, Graham. Huge, huge, huge Brave series this week. Um, I hate the West Coast start times. That's, Ten o'clock. It's pretty tough. I actually like it because I'm I'm going out tonight, so I'll be able to record the game, come back. A little after the game starts, maybe probably catch up. Stay up till one thirty, watch it. But you know what? The great thing is, with all these new changes to the, the, the damn pitching clock and everything, games are over in like a little over two hours now. So you don't have to stay up that late. You could probably you could probably make it till twelve thirty and, and be okay. You're you're a little more of a, a night owl. That's I true. That's I know you're sure. you're always a sleepy beast. Come come ten thirty or but so. You know it is. It's kind of like a it's a holiday weekend. It is. So I feel like. Tomorrow, Atlanta's got a lot going on. There's Dragon Con going on. College like, football. Every, everyone's just staying away. This is the biggest, one of the biggest weekends in Atlanta with Dragon Con, college football kickoff. There'll be games at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Braves are, if the Braves were in town, it'd be even bigger. If the Braves Dodgers were in town too, it'd be just batshit. They probably so, planned that on purpose. Probably. Yeah. Um, so exciting, exciting time. Football officially kicks off this weekend for you college football College folks. football fans, yeah. I got a little disappointed realizing that, you know, I assumed with only the three preseason games that, you know, maybe we'd start NFL a little earlier, but not the case. No. I think September 8th is September 9th. Uh, Something like that. Whatever next Thursday is, a week from the day this episode is being recorded. Yeah. So, yeah, Falcons are finished up with preseason, so they're right around the corner. Braves got this huge series. Exciting times, Graham. Let's get into it. All right. Let's talk Braves coming off a. Really nice sweep over the Colorado Rockies, um, especially for Marcelo Zuna, who after you know a really bad July, we had talked so much about his resurgence this year, but he had a shitty July. You know, he hit 209, 250, the 453 slugging, uh, way down from what he had done in May and June, but he rebounds in August and just destroys the baseball. Uh, hit 359, a 431 on base percentage, and a 709 slugging percentage with nine home runs and 26 RBI. So one thing this showed me about Marcel is that this wasn't just a flash in the pan when he had a couple of good months. He was able to endure a shitty month of July and rebound and have an absolutely outstanding August, his best month of the year so far. Yeah, I mean, if you look at back to when he got hot, he's like one or two in baseball and pretty much every single offensive stat, like including batting average. Like he has just been insane. And, you know, he can just live there in the middle of that lineup. And that's with it down July. Right. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, he can live there in the middle of the lineup behind, obviously, the big four of Acuna, Ozzy, Riley Olsen, and just, like, kind of feast. And, like, once again, going back to what we talked about last week, you can't pitch around Marcel either because we've got studs at the bottom of the yeah. lineup as well. So it's awesome to see that he's turned around um, what everyone thought was just a complete disaster. He's kind of kept his head down for the last year and a half and – just done big things. So if he can keep doing what he's doing, 
going to be a dangerous piece in the playoffs. Yeah, and you can't overstate his importance to this lineup. If he's playing the way – he's playing 2020 level Ozuna. And if he's playing like this in the postseason, your offense is just going to be so much better. Um, and there's literally not a weak link in this lineup. Eddie Rosario, as you mentioned last week, has been playing really well. Um, you feel like if someone goes down – even if someone goes down, let's say someone goes down before the playoffs, uh, you still feel like you can survive you still have a more than a puncher's chance because the offense is the most balanced lineup in all of baseball. Well, you still have depth behind the starters. I mean, you got Pilar came and had a good series in Colorado, hit a couple home runs himself with uh, Rosario out of the lineup. You've Pilar got- is one of those guys that could pull like a Mark Limke, you know, and just go ape shit in the playoffs. He's one of those guys that could just catch fire, I feel like, because you look at his numbers and it's pretty paltry. But it feels like when he does get an extended run, or even sometimes when he just comes up from a pinch hit, he's going to do something. He's going to impact the game. He had a beautiful diving catch in left field. I would argue that if we have a lead in the playoffs after seventh inning, you throw him out there in left field and you feel a lot better about your defense. Yeah, for sure. And Eddie's been okay defensively this year. He has been. He's been better, but I still think Pilar is a better defender. So, What do you think about all this stuff with um, the Acuna MVP talk versus Mookie Betts, who's been crushing it? Like People talk about Acuna's defense and – like, say he's technically, like, not an amazing defender. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of the huge catches you see, it's because he gets bad jumps on balls. Mm. Uh, which I kind of noted. He made a catch last night in Colorado where it looked did look like he went back on the ball, but then he recovered and made the catch. Right. Um do you care about that at all? No, I don't care. You know, I don't care about MVPs or like the fact that no, he, not MVP. But oh, like, the fact that he might be a, not as good of a defender. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't. It's not something that kills you. Um, his athleticism, as you mentioned. Well, he's definitely good. Defender, he's not a bad but defender. He's not, like he's not Mookie Betts level. Yeah, right Mo- the Mo- yeah. The reason there's a reason Mookie Betts has a better WAR than Acuna. When he said a few more home runs, but it's also just got to do with the defense. He's just an elite all world defender. Um, I don't. I don't think it's a big deal, honestly. Um, in terms of how it impacts the Braves. We've been fine. We've been the best team in baseball. He plays the position at, a, I would say, above average level, maybe not elite. But, you know, he's also got a killer arm and can make plenty of assists out there as well on guys trying to get to third well, or second when they shouldn't. So many people in the MVP thing are also, like, disregarding his, like, 60 or 70 stolen bases, whatever he's at. It's at 61, I think. Because, like, oh, it's, uh, you know, the rules. Sure, and the well, rules have helped. With that's that. fine when you compare him to Ricky Henderson. Yeah, but if we're looking at it this year, who else has sixty-one stolen no bases? One. Mookie Betts has like eight, nine, something he, like he that. Has, he has ten. Um, so yeah, it's you know they both impact the game in a huge way. And if you want to really put a you know a microscope up there, Mookie Betts has had the better overall season. If you're judging by WAR, I think he's got a seven-six WAR. Acuna's six-six or six-five. So he's having an. Um, they're both having great seasons. They're both great players. I don't think it's. You know, you can't really look at one or the other and be like, this guy is demonstrably better than the other. They're they're pretty even, and they impact the game in different ways, and in some respects, the same ways. I mean, they're 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 all world players. And Freddie Freeman's also in the MVP conversation. He's continuing to have, unfortunately for us at least, an, an outstanding year for the Dodgers, hitting close to three forty with like a four thirty on base percentage. I mean, it's been ridiculous. So this this uh, so I, to go back to your question, I don't really care. It doesn't really impact how I feel about Acuna as a player if he's not as good of a right fielder as Mookie Betts. Who is? No one. Well, Mookie also, and I think this adds to his war, the dude plays shortstop some. Mm-hmm. He plays second base some. Mm-hmm. Like, that's pretty insane. Yeah. but And uh, he plays it pretty well, too. It's not like he's out there just making errors left and right. Right. So Obviously, I'm Team team Ronnie, though. Of course. And, and also, speaking of Team Ronnie, 
that thing in Colorado where those fans came onto the field. That was so weird, man. What is going like? So you got the worst team in the league and the worst security guards. Like they cannot get a hand on that. Well, the situation. weird part was is when you watch it. If you go on social media, you'll see it better than what they showed it on the TV. And it's like there's this guy just standing next to Acuna for a solid 20 seconds or something, and no one's out there getting them. And then the other two people come on and then take Ronald down and all this stuff. It was truly bizarre. And I think security people just did a shitty job. It was like, what are we doing? We're just watching? We're just watching this be like, oh, this is this is fun. Yeah. Guy's on the field with Acuna. He wants a picture. And then the other two guys seemed more hostile. And they were screaming and yelling when they were getting hauled off. And it was a weird thing. I'm so glad he's okay. I mean, you never know what's going to happen when some maniac goes out there on the field. Um, so I think we're we're all really lucky. Ronald especially. We as fans are lucky, but more importantly, Ronald's personal health and safety is okay because – you never know, man. I mean, I know they do uh, metal detectors and shit at baseball games and whatnot, but who knows how accurate that is? Someone could have had a knife. Someone could have stabbed him. Who knows? Well, it's, it's fucking crazy. Well, like at the White Sox game where— Yeah, someone got shot. It, did you hear what happened? I mean, I, I didn't look into it in depth, but I just heard someone was shot at the White Sox game. It was some lady who allegedly—I'm 98% sure this is the accurate report— she snuck a gun in herself under her fat folds. Oh, Christ. And she shot herself and her friend like it was a just accidental discharge. So Cheddar Bob situation from 8 Mile. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So that's crazy. That That's, uh, that's and, stupid. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Which just makes it even... More of a uh, blessing that Ronald was not hurt in any way. Those assholes didn't have a gun or, or whatever that they were able to smuggle in. So MLB needs to get better about, uh, you know, people coming in and making sure they really don't have any weapons on them. And then also security needs to be – and that's not to say that every security team is like that. I mean, I think the brave security – I've seen people jump on the field before and go streaking and go, uh, you know, and just, just make a fool of themselves on the field. And they get taken down pretty quick. So – um, from what I have seen over the years. So that's not to say all security sucks on field for MLB, but the Rockies guys definitely dropped the ball there but on uh, Tuesday. Just the idea that, like, you know, you got 35,000 fans. Like, if people were to make a decision, we're getting on that field. Mm-hmm. You can't counteract that. It's, no, but you it, could – scary as a there, There's no reason that a guy is standing there with Acuna for that long. No, I, no. That, that's what I mean. It's like, yeah, you're not going to be able to prevent someone from coming on the field if they really want to come on the field, but – you got to be able to get into action faster and, and, you know, potentially prevent someone from being hurt. So, yeah, that was, that was, that was nutty. Um, but yeah, a good series overall. Charlie Morton continues to instill a lot of faith in me. Went six innings, I think struck out eight or nine, only gave up a run. His stuff is looking good. One thing I really noticed about Charlie over the last, I don't know, I'd say four or five starts has been his ability to throw – the backdoor breaking ball to left-handed batters. A year ago, those were going in the dirt. They were bouncing and hitting guys in the foot. It was not accurate at all. This time, he's, his curveball is snapping. It's accurate. We're not having that issue. He's being efficient with his pitches overall. Um, you know, it's not like the third inning he's thrown 78 pitches or anything like that, which happened a lot last year and sometimes this year. He looks great. He looks out, and I have so much more faith in Charlie heading into the playoffs than I did, say, a month ago. Probably even last week. No, I mean, I think when I went, I, like I was talking about when I went to that game uh, against the Yankees, uh, when he pitched against the Yankees a, a few Wednesdays ago, that was uh, that was when I really started to take notice. When he struck out ten Yankees and made Aaron Judge look like a fool, 
Um, it's a strong number three starter. In the yeah, the control is fantastic right now with him. I would, you know, if forever Reed Freed falls off, which he hasn't, but if he does, I'll be like, all right, Morton, go too. Fuck it. I mean, Freed is still, we saw from his last couple starts, he's still, like, ramping up, you know? Yeah, and that's fine. He's been fine, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he was talking about how it's, like, really, like, the first month or two of the season generally you're still trying to figure things out you're not completely dialed in yeah and the good news is he has another month to get his feet under him yeah so he kind of, i think he kind of fooled us a little bit with that first start where we we're just like holy oh shit, my god he's this, back this is the greatest pitcher in the world yeah and he is a, an elite pitcher but he's gonna have some growing pain so like you said fortunately he's still got another month to really get dialed in um strider's still looking really good morton's still looking really good how about the rookie last night in Colorado Darius Fine yeah look good he's called up mm-hmm. and, like the first one of the first pitchers ever like rookie pitchers to have his first start at Colorado and go six innings and give up one run or less he was impressive he was just you know a really really good change up good control out of the kid yeah it didn't seem like he has like overwhelming stuff but good movement and location on his pitches very efficient and the Rockies you know as we've mentioned as I mentioned earlier one of the worst teams in baseball this year but Pitching in Colorado is no easy task, regardless of how bad the Rockies are. So, especially for that being your first start, high altitude, um, great stuff. Yeah. Hopefully, maybe he sticks around for another start. I don't know. I mean, really, the future is bright for the pitching rotation in my mind. Like Schuster came up and looked a lot better in his start on Sunday. So we're not talking about this year, but for next year, like we have a lot of depth and a lot of options to fill out a rotation. Um, and we do still have an option on Morton. It's like twenty something million dollars. I would think you pick it up if he keeps if, wanting it, to pitch well, for you. Yeah, I'm about to say if he wants to come back, I think you exercise it because I don't think you can't afford not to do that if you want to continue to contend for championships. Because as good as you know this depth that you're talking about could potentially be, losing a, you can't replace Charlie Morton with any of those guys. It's probably just not going to happen. Um, they're probably not going to be able to equal the innings he can eat. Or how effective he can be, unless someone really just has you know an out of nowhere Kyle Wright kind of season. So I would say you should exercise that. Um, you know, if the health is good and he wants to come back, because um, we know the Braves are probably not going to go out and try and get a big free agent starter. So you got to keep rolling with what you got, and what you got is a pretty damn good option if Charlie Morton's still pitching the way he is right now. Have you seen uh, what our number one pick from this year has been doing? Her guy already got called up to. Um, uh, Mississippi has has a uh, weird version of my last name, Waldrip. Yeah. Hurston Waldrip. So this was our our number. Tw- he was the number twenty four overall pick out of Florida just this year, and like he has got a, I think it's a sinker, that is just like disgusting, like something you don't see. So yeah, so far his uh, minor league career, four games, one point two ERA, fifteen innings pitch. 25 strikeouts. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, I mean, so he's 25 strikeouts in 14 innings? 15 innings, 25 strikeouts. Oh, man. 0.87 okay. whip. So it's over over a strikeout an inning. So, so yeah, he's, he's in Rome already. He's at, in Mississippi now. Oh, double A, whatever that is. Yeah, Rome yeah, yeah, single A. Right, now he's right. in Mississippi. Um, so, he, yeah, he's in Mississippi already. And he is very much on the Spencer Strider track. I would not be shocked if we see him this year. Like really, a college pitcher. I don't know, like man. They come in ready, man. Like I, I'm, I'm not expecting it, but the Braves don't mess around with their young pitchers. If they are ready to go, yeah, you get them in. Anthopolis is already drawing up a 15-year, 22 million dollar <laughs> contract for this guy. Let's lock him up. Like, like he just looks, he looks dirty. So, 
also, you know, future looking bright, but don't be surprised if like he's like Spencer Strider a couple of years ago where he's up in September out of the bullpen. Yeah, it's certainly a possibility. What are you what are you feeling about your boy Colin McHugh recently? You know, obviously where was that? Where he had the terrible um was that Sunday? Yeah, it was pretty recent. Um, I think it was, yeah, Sunday against the Giants gave up four runs. He was awful in that game. But, like, you look back at his last, like, ten appearances, Yeah, he, had a, he was actually pretty good. He had a good he's had a good, um, a good August overall. It was just July, he didn't do great, and then he had that one bad appearance at the end of, of uh, August. So, I think he's okay. He's not a guy I'm, I'm going to poo-poo on and not want to use potentially in the playoffs. But I'd rather not have to. Because that means you're probably winning um, if he's not coming in the game, unless someone goes down like Mentor Jimenez or Iglesias. So, yeah, it, it also seems like Snit has these guys like right now. Like there is a set day that everyone is pitching, regardless of the score. We have like such a good lead at this point that mm-hmm. guys are getting their work on the days that are like kind of planned out. For them. Well, I wonder how that's going to work with this series against the Dodgers. I imagine that, that it, might be different. I think that's going to be different. Yeah. Um, but when you're playing little putts teams like Colorado and I want I won't say the, G- the Giants are a putts team but compared to you know they're not a putts team like Colorado is but compared to us they're they're quite underwhelming so yeah I feel like you can get away with it there with the with the, with LA you gotta be you know you gotta be you gotta be approaching the game like it's a playoff series so yeah no I'm very excited to see see how it goes down LA is always a tough place to play um Obviously, we'd love to win the series. We'd be pretty happy to just splitting it out there. I think that should be the goal, split it. Yeah. Like, we just don't, like, they're, we're still four games up on them. Yeah, four let's, games. Let's keep it there. Um, obviously, you know, we get swept, and everyone in Atlanta is going to be crying and talking about how terrible Snit is and our team. And right. And all how, that. Yeah, how it's, like, it's all over. Like, even if they do get swept, it's not all over. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, this team's ridiculous. We have 87 wins, and it's not September. Last night, we just set the franchise record for most home runs in a season. And we have all of September left. It's, and one more August game. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like, yeah. if you have kids, if you are a kid, whatever you are, like, <laughs> make sure your kids know and make sure you appreciate how great this team is that you're watching. There's been some dark days. There's going to be dark days in the future, although it doesn't look like for a while. But just, like, this is something to appreciate. Don't get caught up in the nitpicky, which everyone tends yeah, to do sometimes. Yeah, or don't but. be upset if Ronald Cunha doesn't win the MVP this year. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't invalidate him as a great player. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. He wants to be a participant on a World Series team more than he wants the MVP. I'm yeah. Sure, I'm sure he wants the MVP. Who doesn't? But I'm just saying, like, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. What matters is winning the World Series. Yeah. That's all that matters. That's 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 the big it, it doesn't say anything negative about Acuna if he does not win the MVP. It doesn't say anything more positive about him if he does. It just means that these subjective assholes picked him, and that's fine. It doesn't make him any more better or worse than he is. He is a great player. He does probably get a nice little bonus if he wins the MVP. He may. He may. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, in terms of the perception of him, in terms of his legacy, in terms of what he means to the Braves and what he means to baseball as a player, it doesn't say anything more or less about him in my eyes. I think he's close to getting that next contract with us. I would hope that... out a couple years early. I would be okay with that. Maybe after next year, you do that. Really, really pay him, but just lock him in for his career. Yeah, and Anthopolis can't cheap out on... On him, he's gotten away with it with cheaping out on everybody else because he signed them before they really blew up. But he he's not going to do that with Acuna this time around. 
No, but once again, you can buy out a couple of those years, and people want to play here, man. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying I can imagine he's going to want to really cash in. So you can't you you can't lowball him. I don't think too much. No, for sure. Um, it's great to see the Mets in last place, Graham. That's also very nice. Great to see uh, Kimbrel blowing a save last night for Philly. Yeah, like that's the feel. That's the Phillies' weakness is their bullpen. Their bullpen is is weak, and I will also say that Wheeler and Nola have a lot of a lot of innings logged on them this year. How will they hold up down the stretch? Can they really capture lightning in a bottle twice in a row? So I feel like that's kind of like what they're playing for at this point. It's just like bide your time, explode in the playoffs, and they've been playing well. It's not like they've been playing like shit, but I just feel like you know they are hoping they can do what they did again last year. It's hard to replicate that. It's hard, really hard to replicate that. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to do it. Hats off to them if they can. But um, I feel like they, you know, a, a guy who was a secret weapon for them last year was Zach Eflin, who's gone to Tampa Bay and still pitching really well. Like he was the guy coming out and closing games and pitching in all these different yeah. scenarios. And they don't have him this year. Their offense is still really good. Harper's playing like a maniac. They've they've you know endured the loss of Reese Hoskins well. Um, Schwarber's picked it up. The pitching's been solid, actually above solid. So that's going to be scary. We're we're on track right now to to potentially play the Phillies in the NLDS again, rematch of last year. So I'm I will never overlook those fuckers again. I mean they they would be in the wild card round still though, right? So true. I'm just saying if they were to get sure, sure. through that, if the playoffs started today, we would play them if they won their wild card round. Yeah, that's just a scary place to play. You don't want to, yeah, it's like, you don't want to fuck with that. Yeah, that, that's like one of those fan bases, too, that it's like... Maniacs. Yeah. They're, like, they're they are passionate. It, it's loud. They're hardcore. You could also see, you know, a guy who has not performed well this year is Trey Turner. You could see him blowing up in the playoffs. Which you, he has been the last, you know, month. Right, he's been picking it up, which is just terrifying, because he's such a... We know how good of a player Trey Turner is normally. You know, it, it is funny, though, that, like, people have been raving about the Phillies and their August and how amazing they've been, and we ended up with, like, a better record than them in August. <laughs> like, yeah. we, we picked Just up a game. quietly under the radar. Even, you know, parts of July weren't good. Back after July wasn't good. We still, you know, haven't lost any ground on Philadelphia. So, or Philadelphia hasn't really gained any ground on us, I should say. So, um, pretty much your Braves report. Big series against Los Angeles this weekend um, that will potentially have implications on playoff seating, so... These are must-watch games, I would say. Like, you know, there's sometimes, like, I missed part of the game last night. I wasn't, like, as dialed in as I usually am. It's not happening uh, for this series. This series is is going to be electric. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like, this is the matchup in baseball right now. Yeah. And really, the interesting thing about the Dodgers is Kershaw's their best pitcher. You look at their pitching depth, it ain't really that that special. He, Kershaw's been great. But he's been amazing. And then you, you always have damn Urias. Urias has had a great... August. So there's like those that's a good that's a great one two punch. Their number three is Lance Lynn who, And Lance Lynn has been fantastic. He's a gamer. Well ever since he's come over, he's had like a sub two ERA during that's the trade deadline. So they have their top three. Yeah. They have their top three. He's a guy who, you know, was striking out a lot of people with the White Sox. You know, he was striking out fifteen, sixteen people sometimes, but he'd give up four or five runs. Now he's not striking out as many people, but being far more effective and pitching deeper into games. And now they have a really good three-man rotation. They, they've endured the loss of Walker Bueller, uh, Dustin May, and now they have, you know, a, a really good three-man rotation, I think, for the playoffs. So they, you know, there was a period of time where, you know, the Dodgers were like 10, 15 games over 500 while we were like 30. And I was like, 
I wasn't going to overlook them because of the Dodgers, but I was like, man, that pitching staff just isn't very good, and they're also just really ravaged by injuries. Even Kershaw was out for a little bit. Now they're healthy, and they got a solid three-man uh, top three in the rotation. So it's 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 scary. That, that'd be an interesting, you know, obviously we're looking way ahead here, but interesting potential game three of Morton versus Lynn, just like the two mm. grizzled veterans mm-hmm. that have like been there, done that. Yeah, Charlie's been there and done that a little bit more than Lynn, but, you know, Lynn's pitched in some big games and – as well. I believe he won a World Series with the Cardinals when he was like really good. So they're both World Series winners. They know how to pitch in the in the play in the postseason. So yeah, that would be a really cool, uh, really cool game three. I mean, hell, if you want to really break it down, Morton's been our best pitcher this year. If you go by WAR, he's got .2 WAR over Strider. So I'm not saying that would determine whether or not you pitch him first or second. But I mean, if he he looks as good as he ever looked in a Braves uniform right now, man, I, I cannot get over. Especially watching that game against the Rockies, I was just like. No problem. You're finding your location perfectly. I really wish we had, like, the time and technology and staff to just, like, put in, like, some sound bits of you talking about Morton and Ozuna. Like, they look like shit. What do you want me to now? do? Like, praise them for looking like dog trash? Especially I, both of them look I, like shit. The I, whole, I, I want, like, everything you've whole said. whole part of last year. Because I'm sure. I don't insult their character. I'm sure you wanted both of them off the team. Yeah, I did. Time. Yeah, I did. <laughs> and how would that have worked out? Well, yeah, not great. But I mean, like, but, I was thinking about that. But today. when you but when you watch just crap for a year, you kind of are like, I'm done with this shit, right? I mean, like, I mean, you you were okay about getting rid of Azuna. I remember we talked about this last year. You're like, if you get rid of him, fine. You were always how, on Team Charlie Morton. How depressing would that have been if we had dropped Ozuna in April? And he goes yeah. to the Marlins. Well, or somewhere. would have gone to the damn Dodgers. Or the Phillies. Yeah. If, we, or, or if he went to the Dodgers, it would have been the worst. Like, that would be just brutal. Like, yeah. we'd just be sitting here like, oh, my God. If we had just held no one, No one could have foreseen this, though. A year and a half of just crap, and then somehow he turns it around and is hitting 31 homers. He might have 40 home runs by the time the season's over. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I always look at what, what are you doing for me, not just lately, but over the course of, like, a sustained period of time. And Morton's doing it. Ozuna's doing it. So, thank God they fought through their shit and um, are not only contributors, but some of the most valuable players on the damn team. So I can't wait till old Bryce Elder ends up winning Game Four of the World Series or something. <laughs> I'll be a miracle. I still am very afraid of him going out in the playoffs, man. That's why I'm putting it out there now. Especially imagine him going up against that Philly, uh, Philly offense in Philadelphia. I would that just that scares the bejesus out of me. Yeah. But maybe play him at home. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do not envy Snipker and Anthopolis having to make those decisions. It's, it's and we've seen that bite us in the ass before when uh, Dallas Keuchel got two starts over Soroka when Soroka was easily our best pitcher. That was very silly. But I don't think they're going to be doing that. I think. I think they. I think like especially with the way they deployed pitchers last year. I mean, they were kind of screwed by injuries and freak things last last year in the playoffs. But twenty twenty one. They did a magnificent job of configuring that roster and a really good job of, of making sure that they use their players appropriately. There was there was no fucking around or, you know, there was never a situation where I was like, that was really the wrong decision. The only one I could think of is when Luke Jackson was struggling against L.A., but he's been your guy all year. They put him Matzik and he pulled off a miracle and it was fine, but it was like, that, that was really it out of everything. So, I mean, I, I, I fully trust them to configure the roster right and use the roster right um once we get there that's gonna be an exciting september starting with this dodgers series mm-hmm. and kind of see how the roster plays out kyle wright still may be a thing who knows we'll see 
Yeah, he's going to Gwinnett. So he got a good, you know, like through like 30 pitches or something in Rome. Now he's going to Gwinnett. So hopefully he's able to get a couple more uh, rehab starts and then maybe he can get uh, a couple more major league starts and we'll see where he's at and go from there. Adam just banged his head on a chair. It looks very yeah, painful. I think we need to stop the segment. All right, we stopped the segment. <laughs> We're running on the ground. Yeah. Uh, that's the Braves report. We'll take a break and then talk about the Falcons. <laughs> Adam, Falcons have set their 53-man roster for the 2023 season. Got three quarterbacks, so that was a little surprising to me. Logan Woodside will be the third quarterback. Um, That's a practice squad deal this year. Is it? Yeah. I didn't realize that. They they allow you to carry a third quarterback uh, without without counting against your uh, 53-man roster. That's nice. Okay. Okay, that makes sense then. It makes more sense. Not that it didn't really make sense before, but... Uh, no one really on off here that I wasn't expecting not to be there. I think it'll be interesting to see what the Falcons do at cornerback. We know that Jeff Okuda injured himself in the preseason, and he was probably going to be number two or maybe the nickelback. Um, so it's like, what do you do there? I don't know if the uh, the Falcons are going to be looking around um, at other players who were dropped off rosters who potentially come in and help out at corner just for depth. Um, and I'm not sure how long Okuda is going to be out, but for those that don't remember Okuda, he was a guy we traded for who was a big draft pick for the Lions. who didn't really pan out in a couple good years, a couple bad years. Comes to the Falcons and, um, you know, hoping to turn his career around a little bit and get back to that high, you know, that prestige that he had being a high draft pick, first round pick, I think a top 10 pick. And uh, so it was unfortunate he got hurt. But I think that's a big um, area right now with this team is the secondary and how do you backfill uh, that vacancy. Well, last I heard, it's he's actually coming back relatively soon. Maybe not week one. Right. Probably. But he's not going to miss like five games or something. No, 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 no. So yeah, I mean, I think until Okuda comes back, you're going to see D. Alford step in. Yeah, one of the cuts that we made was Darren Hall, who was a draft pick of uh, this regime, mm. like just last year, maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't remember which year. But the fact that they're not scared to, like, admit when they miss on picks. Yeah, it was 2021, so it was only two years ago. Yeah, you know. so, so I, I think that's a good sign. Unlike Thomas, who'd be like, we got to make this guy work! Right, and let's extend him. And let's well. extend him, yeah. even when he's not very good. So, I mean, I, I think that's that's great to see. Obviously, you're not going to hit on all of your draft picks. No, no one does. Um, but, and Jalen Mayfield as well. Thank God. That was, like, the... Most excited I've been about someone getting cut. Not that I wish anything bad about on Jalen Mayfield. It's just been a huge bust the whole time. Yeah. Kept getting run out there. I'm like, what are we doing? So it was, it was long overdue for him to be cut from the roster. Which I mean, that one's tough. He was what a third round pick, I think. Yeah, so that's 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 missing that, high. That's a, that's a big miss in the trenches. You don't like to see that, but but you know. it sounds like he looked like a pee wee football league player guy <laughs> <laughs> very descriptive if you know what i'm saying yeah i, I feel you a child a child if you will a peewee uh, football guy yeah just getting worse and yeah. worse and worse and worse and worse so yeah he's gone it, it, so it's good to see that they can cut bait on these guys michael walker also got cut who led the team in tackles last year um can't remember where he's going someone picked him up um i was surprised at that but i think one of the reasons was because you know you had guys like um you know d'angelo malone stepping up and troy anderson stepping up and you know they were going to try and shift him around a little bit more, 
Um, but it just wasn't meant to be. So Michael Walker's gone, and uh, yeah, hopefully he does well wherever he landed. I can't remember, but uh, you know, he was a guy just just flying all over the field last year. It's a shame they couldn't find a roster spot for him. Yeah, I mean, really, my big concern is offensive line, like the starters. Are oh, you worried about the trenches? Solid. Eh? I'm worried about the trenches if anyone gets hurt. Sure. I know. I don't know if he's on this article that we're looking at now, but we did we did sign a swing tackle um, that got cut from. He was a ex Bengal, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. veteran. So that that's it's looking just not as deep as the rest of the positions. Like even like tight end, man. Like Kyle Pitts, Johnu Smith, Michael Pruitt, and then the surprise there was John Fitzpatrick, the kid out of Georgia, making the team over Parker Hesse. Hesse's back in the practice squad. Exactly. Though. So like you'll see him at some Jeff. point. Yeah, you'll and, see him and, at and some like point. He can, Hesse can play fullback as well. Um, yeah, if something happens to Keith Smith, he can go back there. It's interesting. The Falcons have been running a lot of max protection, and for those that need. Uh, information on that that's when you just have more people um on the line in the backfield to protect um so you're doing a lot of two wide receiver sets um in that one game where Ritter was was playing and so you got to wonder if that's going to be a thing that the Falcons continue to do and uh, and you know what if they do it it's not the worst thing in the world to give Ritter time to get you know acclimated because you're still going to have Hollins and London and Pitts on the field. It's not like you're going to have to lose anyone there. And it opens up opportunities for, you know, Algier and Robinson and potentially Cordell Patterson all to be on the field at the same time. So if you do more max protect stuff, you have the potential to have all those guys, your best pieces on the field at the same time as opposed to having to swap them out. Not to say they're going to do that all the time, but they were employing that a lot during the preseason. Yeah, they're in, in terms of people who are kind of on – the verge of making the roster as well. I'm glad to see uh, the safety out of Alabama that we drafted this year, DeMarco Helms, made the team. Mm-hmm. Like he it, was like a six-round pick or something, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, he, he was just all around the ball. in the pre- He had yeah. a couple interceptions, I believe. And, you know, he's a gamer from Alabama. Like, Yeah, pedigree's go good. And he's there. Pedigree's good. So that, that was good to see him. You feel good about your safeties in general with Jesse Bates and Richie Grant, of course, and then Hawkins and Helms. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a solid, solid roster, Graham, and it all comes down to Ritter. <laughs> yeah, it comes down to Ritter. It comes down to this defensive line, too. You know, we've talked them up a lot. we talked up all these new guys. Anya Mehta, Calais Campbell, Caden Ellis. I know he's technically a linebacker, Caden Ellis, but it's like those are really – you invested a lot of money. You invested your playoff hopes pretty much in that defense in terms of using your salary cap. It was all of the defense. Jesse Bates as well, even though he's not on the line or a linebacker. It's still like that's that was a big contract. All those guys need to perform either as expected or better than expected to really validate that decision. So but yeah, you're right. At the end of the day it does come down to Ritter, but that defense has got to be able has got to be it's just it's got to get pressure on the quarterback. It's got to stop the run. It's got to do things that they weren't doing last year. And they didn't play horribly last year, but they did a lot with a little now they are working with a lot more, and you're hoping that that really makes them, you know, a top 15, potentially a top 10 defense. And, I mean, maybe that sounds crazy, but you, you spent a shit ton of money there. That's where the majority of your salary cap went in free agency. That has to hit. How sweet would that be, Atlanta Falcons top 10 defense? That'd be great. If they could get 35 sacks in a year, even though that's not much compared to some teams, I would be overwhelmed. 40. Give me 40. We haven't had four, we haven't had I think above thirty five sacks since the twenty seventeen season. Mm. I'm ready, man. I wish we didn't have another week. Yeah, and uh, you're right though. It does come down to Ritter and what what can he do? Um, is he gonna be able to make his reads faster? 
how long is that going to take? How much how much will the Falcons have to do Max Protect to give him the time he needs in order to be a good ball distributor? Is he going to be checking down a lot? Are there going to be a lot of weeks where he only throws for 140 yards? Maybe. I don't know. Is he going to be throwing deep balls to Drake London? I, it's just like a lot of unknowns and a lot of variables are going to come together in a, in a very interesting way this season. We will This whole gamble of building from the outside in will be put to the test this season for the Falcons. Nice that we start off against the Panthers. Yes, Bryce Young, um, you know, number one overall pick, a quarterback. Their defense is young. You know, they're, 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 they do not have the experience the Falcons do on their roster. So not to say they don't have any veterans, but we have a lot of veteran guys, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, so I think, you know, I feel good about that game going into it. Now, Bryce Young could light us up. I have no freaking idea. But I feel good going into that game saying that's a good first step for a team with a, bringing in a bunch of guys who haven't played that much together. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, particularly like, on defense. Their offensive line is just complete trash. I think it's an opportunity to start off the year, get like five or six. Yeah, be great. One. Yeah, put a lot of pressure on a rookie what we quarterback. Did last year about the Saints with the Saints, and then just didn't close the close the game. Right. So let's you know just let that running game do what it does. Let's get after the quarterback and just get a nice clean. You know, like uh, maybe twenty five. 14 win, something like that. Yeah, yeah. 17, whatever. I'd like it to be even a a bigger margin, but this is a game we should win. Yeah, I would agree. Let's start 1-0. On paper, that would be nice. Give me 1-0. When was the last time we started 1-0? I think it's been like five years. Probably. At least. Not even the year... Maybe we did. I don't know. The earliest would have been 2017, I think. It's something to easily look up, but... We we're not going to do it. We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that. We're not so, going to edit it and make it look like we know what we're, we're talking just about either. Speculate at least five years. At least five years. I feel like it might be even further than that. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think in the Arthur Smith era that has happened. I think no, we can confidently say that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty much your Falcons report. We'll do a much more in-depth look at the schedule and all the other bullshit next week. Also, see if we sign anybody off the street to come in and uh, help solidify the roster. So that's that's it really. As we have another. Long week before the NFL really, really gets going. So that's it, Adam. We'll see you all next week. Hope you're well. Thanks for listening. Until until we meet again, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospital Thomas. Hospital Thomas.